Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. Another recurring guest is coming on my show. Uh, we plan to make this an every June day, you know, June time, because, uh, you know, it's Pride Month, so why not? Um, my guest uh, this evening is Trixie Valentine, and she is a superstar drag queen from my neck of the woods, uh, Northeastern Pennsylvania. Hey, Trixie, how you doing? Hi, Scotty. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm super excited. Absolutely. Same here. Same here. I'm really excited. I was having so much fun writing up the questions, and I basically wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, you did. There were a lot of questions, but it's some good information good detail we're gonna have some great conversation and happy pride i'll just say that now because i feel like we'll say it out through the entire session absolutely so the first question um because a lot of people don't really know what pride is about um and they don't really realize what lgbtqia is about so i'm gonna throw in a bonus question with this question is first off i guess can you explain what pride is and also can you give us like a brief, like a history of what is LGBTQIA and the plus? Like, what does each of those parts, you know, those letters of the acronym stand for? What is the plus? All that stuff. Like, educate everyone. Let let us all know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, pride, it, pride is a continuation of an understanding that had happened in 1969 on June 28th, and that was the Stonewall riots that had happened. And it's a revolutionary standpoint to, to tell LGBTQA plus individuals, like, we're not going to take uh, the criticism anymore, the discrimination, the hatred. We're not going to buy by these rules that we're constantly being told that um, we have to follow. And those are like our social norms. Right. And so pride has become and continuously the celebration to say, like, we exist as people like as um, I say, queer people. Um, to kind of incorporate LGBTQIA+, but um, so as queer individuals, we are constantly like going to celebrate our life because we exist. Um, we have our daily occurrences of ignorances, our daily occurrences of hate, even if we don't experience there are other people in our community that we should still support, um, which leads me to the acronym of LGBT, uh, LGBTQIA+. It's always a mouthful. Um, so like um, L for lesbian, B for gay, uh, G for, I'm already, I'm already messing up. L for lesbian, G for gay, B for bisexual, T for transgender, Q for queer or questioning, I for intersex, A for asexual, A gender, and then the plus kind of incorporates a lot of other sexualities and genders that are not necessarily there. And that's a lot, right? So um, when we look at gender and sexuality on this understanding, we have this idea that there's a norm or that there's this way to follow. So heterosexuality or straight are the, the understanding of being attracted to opposite sex sort of say um, is the norm. And so there's a lot of different sexualities like gay and lesbian. So like lesbian is typically um, uh, two women who are attracted to each other. Gay is typically two men who are attracted to each other or someone who's bisexual, or even pansexual. So bisexual is someone who's attracted to uh, multiple genders, pansexual is sometimes referred to uh, being attracted to multiple genders or re regardless of someone's gender. Um, asexual is just not even actually having a sexual attraction to someone. So queer is the term I use to incorporate it all because it's an understanding like there's so much to our sexuality that is fluid that we can't necessarily always put a box to it. So queer is there. And then there's questioning, right? So 
there we'll get into the understanding of phases, but there is that understanding of like we question ourselves of like our sexuality and gender, and that's okay. And then intersex is actually neither a sexuality or gender; it's an actual sex. Yeah. Um, there's an understanding of someone who's born with different variations of chromosomes and hormones and genitalia, and like that all varies in that intersex. So that is a um, we put. Um, when I say we, the community has included the I a lot of the times in the acronym just to make sure like we're still understanding like there are people out here who are different than what we say is the norm. Right. So that is the easiest way I can put that and uh, all of that. The, the plus, the plus is like, you know, I said pansexual, there's demisexual, there's two-spirited, there's non-binary, there's gender fluid, there's there's so many, there's there's so many different forms of gender and sexuality that is not highlighted or recognized. Yeah, like the way um heterosexuality is, and then what I call cisgender. Um, it's not what I call it's the term of just you were assigned a gender at birth and you later in life were like, Yeah, I'm this gender. That's <laughs> cisgender, cis meaning the same gender that you were born with. So right. hopefully I broke that down. Um yeah as best that I could to kind of explain that. But for LGBTQA plus purposes, these letters are identities and sexualities and genders that are um, outside of this regulation of needing to be cisgender or heterosexual. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that they threw that plus in there because it's already a mouthful. Imagine throwing every single gender identity and every single sexuality (laughs) in one lump sum. Right, right. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And I hear, this is a question, another bonus question that came up with when you mentioned Q for queer questioning. Um, so uh, I would say a while back, I don't know how long exactly, I, um, queer was used as a derogatory term to, uh, you know, make fun of or hate crime, so to speak, um, you know, the gay community. So why do we incorporate queer now into our into our sexuality, like into our actual, you know, into our community? So that's a great question. I actually just had this question asked me when I did a presentation down Mm -hmm. in the Naval Base in Virginia, Norfolk. And um, basically, it's a it's definitely a new term that the younger generation has reclaimed so it's a reclaim of power and mm-hmm. as queer people we've constantly reclaimed our power okay. uh within the words that we do and the actions that we have and the norms that we have in society and so reclaiming this term queer is bringing power back to us in our community mm-hmm. but it also is their true understanding of like we don't have to put a label on it right so when people hear the word queer they're like well what does that mean like you don't always have to know a person's gender. You don't have to always know a person's sexuality. Like when I ask, when people get confused, I go, what, why is that important to you? What is the purpose of knowing? And a lot of the times, like that's where people will sit there and be like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to know, like, right? Like I can go on my day and um, live my life without needing to know. And using that term queer, it's just an, in, it's, it's a reclaim of, of um, our power, but it's also like encompassing LGBTQIA plus. So I also, like I said, in the beginning, I typically use that because that's a lot easier to say than the acronym most of the time. Um, But if queer still can be used in a derogatory way, I want to explain that to people. A lot of people think so queer is not a bad word anymore. Yeah, it actually can be. You can use it as a slur still, Mm -hmm. but the way we are using it, it's not. And it's one of those conversations I'm like, 
LGBTQIA plus people can use the word queer for themselves. I don't really encourage non-LGBTQA plus folks to be like, oh, this person's queer, unless you already have understanding of that person. Like, mm-hmm. because then you get into that gray area of like, am I yeah. offending someone? Am I not offending someone? And my best bet for people is you're like, you know what? If you don't understand the term and definitions, look it up, educate yourself a little bit later, but don't use it in this moment. Yeah. Good point. Um, which going into that, um, I guess we'll we'll start out, which is usually my first question, but we really got deep into this quick. Uh, so I guess tell us how did you get your start into drag and going into the whole gray area of not knowing how to offend somebody. We'll get into pronouns. So I guess we'll start off with that part of the question on what are your pronouns and do, uh, like do you have pronouns outside of dragon? If so, what are they and if somebody's uncomfortable, how do they kind of let, how do they kind of, you know, deal with that? How do they talk to somebody without offending them? Right. So uh, first I was like, as Trixie Valentine, I've been doing drag for over eight years. Mm -hmm. um, And hopefully to continue, I'm going strong. You can actually find me at juicywithjake.com. Okay. Plugging in that in there. Um, But so uh, how I got started drag is just, I've always been an entertainer. Um, I've always been on the stage. I've always been a person that has brought storytelling in my acts to, to other people. And then I found like, I, this was my muse. This is how I feel empowered, fierce, and all those positive words and moving forward. Also, if they go to juicywithjake.com, they'll see our first interview we did last year. So they don't have to completely scroll through YouTube, but they can, if they'd like, um, (laughs) because you are absolutely amazing. So I hope they look at other stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but with that in mind, um, so that's really how I started drag. And it's it's actually have grown so much more. Like drag has been a voice for me now. Um, I use, I do, I'm a queer inclusive sex educator now and I use drag, right? So like where I like, hi, I'm here. I'm not just Jake. I'm also Trixie. And when it comes to pronouns, when I'm Trixie, like today, my pronouns in drag are she, her. Mm-hmm. So all female feminine type pronouns. And then out of drag, my pronouns are actually they, them. So like gender neutral type pronouns. I'm okay if people like switch the two because a lot of some people just know me as Trixie. So they all use she, her all the time. I'm okay with that because I know they don't know me as Jake. Right. Um, but if they know me as Jake outside of drag, like I, I'm, I'm hoping and I tell people like, no, my pronouns are they, them. Like gender neutral, thank you. Um, just because right. I, I am a person who is non-binary. Um, but when I'm in drag, I like to be female, femme. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is where some of my power I get to bring forth. Right. I look good. Right. And, and, every and me and you've known each other for many, many years. And yeah. uh, I actually know you as Jake. Um, yes. That's how we met as Jake. And I, I, I'm ashamed to say this, but I've never saw you really in drag outside of my show. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. You have to come to one of my shows. I'm, I definitely do. I brag about myself, but I guess you could be your own cr- critic for me and let me know. Like You can let the audience know if I'm worth coming to, but I know I am. So I know you are too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, what about people that are like, like they don't know, like say they, 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 like you're going to their restaurant, you're, you're Jake. Um, obviously, you know, most, uh, most people that aren't familiar with pronouns would think, you know, he, him, they wouldn't think they, you know, they, so how would, how would somebody like approach the situation without offending somebody by calling them the wrong pronoun? 
So it's one of those. So this question I always get all the time. And it's one mm-hmm. of those questions I have to tell audience members or just people like, why are you so worried about offending someone mm-hmm. instead of being more worried about respecting someone? Right. Because, and the way I put that is because when you say we don't want to offend someone, we're always putting it on the other person to expect us to tell us, right? Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't be the truth, right? So like when I walk into a place, I shouldn't have to be the one going, here are my pronouns, here's who I am, la, 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 la. Like I have, I'm just trying to order my food, move on. Like right. I'm going to be real. Like I, I just actually had a situation come up where I, uh, in my non-drag, I still dress a little femme sometimes or more expressive depending on what I want. And I had a situation where, um, you know, the, the person taking my order thought they offended me. And I was like, it's fine. Like they used he, him for my pronouns. And I was like, I, yeah. I just need to get my meal and move on. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, and they kind of made it a big deal because they, instead of just apologizing and then moving on, which is what I recommend for everyone to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they know, they kind of were like, Oh wait, I shouldn't have assumed and all these other things. And I was like, I just want my meal. Right. <laughs> like right. I just want my meal. And now I have to have this like awkward five minute interaction of like, it's fine. I'm not offended. Thank you. I need to, I don't like it. Okay. Now we're making about you. Now I'm hearing about like how your family, whatever. Okay. Okay. So they turn into a full session and it's one of those things I tell people who are not accustomed about pronouns or comfortable. First of all, everyone has pronouns. Yeah. Even if their pronouns are like, I don't have any, like that's a form of not having something, which in my mind is like, okay, so your pronouns are none. Whereas other people also is like, okay, they have pronouns, even, even lay people or not lay people, but non-queer folks have pronouns. They're he, him, she, her typically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always tell people like, how do people know your pronouns? I'm like, well, it's because of the way I look. All right. Because that's what I like. That's actually Mm -hmm. a form of privilege. Right. So like we get to assume something about you and it be true. Mm -hmm. People over assume something about me and it's not true. Right. So um, typically on the standards of pronouns, like some people, a lot of people assume I'm just queer or gay and they're pretty accurate on that. So I can't say all assumptions are wrong, but, (laughs) um, in this aspect, using pronouns, I always tell people like challenge that bias. Like when you look at someone and you are automatically thinking of a pronoun, ask yourself Mm -hmm. why, right? So like Scotty, when I see you, I'm like, oh, he, but like, if I didn't know you, I would be like, hold up. Why am I thinking Scotty's a he, I don't know Scotty that well right. enough to know what they do. Right. And it's not out of the understanding of like, I have to do that for everyone. It's just becoming more conscious of my unconscious bias. Right. Because my goal for you, Scotty, would be, I want to respect this person I'm having mm-hmm. an interaction with. I want to know like they're comfortable with themselves enough to open up with me because that's how we build relationships boundaries and like rapport and that's really what it comes down to like do you care enough about this interaction and some people like nah I don't care and I'm like okay great I don't either like the food service person like I don't care about this relationship just don't spit in my food and give it to me on time and I'll give you a great tip like right it's an interaction whereas these other relationships like yours and eyes I would really want to respect you in this matter and it's not even just like I don't want to offend Scotty I was like no I want to respect Scotty yeah because then I'm putting the 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 relationship back on me right like I want this relationship so I'm going to respect Scotty instead of saying like I want this relationship but I don't want to offend Scotty so I guess I'll have to do Mm -hmm. like 
it sounds different, right? Yeah, it makes sense. And I mean, you obviously know me. And for anybody that does leave comments, I mean, if you don't, if you are wondering what my pronouns are or what my gender is, like I'm cis male, which means I'm, I believe I'm a biological, biologically born male. Like I'm, I'm a man. <laughs> I have my bot, my male parts in that, you know, I, that's who I believe I am. And I'm also a he, him. But then, you know, you also like, you don't have to ask me because I, I, I'm, I'm not easily offended. It's one of those things that, you know, that I don't worry about you offending me. I just want you to respect me because that's what we as humans want is respect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. And it, 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 it's that simple. And because yeah. again, more people put the pressure on uh, queer folks, specifically those who don't use right. um, uh, assumed pronouns or perceived. I like to say, I don't like to right. say perceived, like we put that perception out there and mm-hmm. For me, I'm just like, no, <laughs> you shouldn't do that because like that means I can walk up to anyone and be like, I have a perception of you. So I'm going right. to say this is the truth. When we all know that perceptions mm-hmm. are don't make truth, they're just opinions. It's not actual facts. Right. Now, do you expect um, or not really expect, but do you like, I guess, advise people that want to uh, like, if they come up to you, like how, like, would you like want them to say your pronouns straight up or would you want them to ask you what should people do um, when they are approaching somebody, whether it's in a professional, like a restaurant service, like how should they uh, like approach that situation? So I think there's two situations here. There's that situation of just your everyday type of daily task type thing. That's going to the grocery store and seeing a cashier. That's going to the gas pump for the fuel. That's going to a restaurant. That's even going to like outside and, you know, you run into that neighbor that's three blocks down that you never say hi to and they just wave, right? Like in these type of situations, my best thing for other people is don't assume someone's pronouns, genders, or sexuality, right? Don't assume all of that into one person. Like just see them as a human and then like take that other stuff away and it saves so much, right? So like, and you're like, how do we do that? That's called gender neutral. So like a gender neutral standpoint isn't necessarily for one person. It's like, oh, okay, like I see you, I hear you, um, but I'm not, I'm checking my biases towards you. Mm-hmm. And I say that for those situations because that's that's a lot of the times where people think that the most offensive thing happens when in really it's when we have these relationships with people mm-hmm. and people do know us or get to know us and then they're still using the wrong pronouns the wrong gendered language the wrong type of everything and in that aspect that's where I kind of like challenge people to be like no you know you shouldn't you shouldn't do this you shouldn't um sit there like especially if this person told you but if they didn't know like so if this was our first interaction and you really wanted to be like I want to be a good host on this podcast like um prior to the podcast we would have that dialogue like what are the pronouns I would call you or like how do you I always tell people you shouldn't even just ask the pronouns how do you like to be respected and or referred and when people like well what do you mean I'm like your pronouns your general sense of understanding your agency and power and ability right so like For me, there's so much more to my gender than just pronouns that a lot of people don't understand. Like my honorifics is mix, so MX. For those who don't know, honorifics are like keywords that go in front of your name, like Mr. and Miss, even doctor. For me, like I'm not a doctor yet, (laughs) but soon, two years. Um, But, you know, um, 
MX is that gender neutral form. And a lot of people like, they'll be like, oh yeah, Jake uses they, them. And then we'll be like, Mr. Kelly. And I'm like, okay. Like that's, you know, there's a lot more to this understanding of language that when I think Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things I tell people is learn, learn that language has power in meaning. Because when you, when you understand that, then you understand how to navigate this world of pronouns, yeah. this understanding of honorifics. Because when people, if people really want that hands-on tips, it's okay to be like, Trixie, how may I address you? Mm-hmm. She, her, I'm good. Buy me a drink. It's nice. <laughs> right. Um, outside of here, like in the, in the professional setting, right. So in my workspace, I have on my emails, my pronouns. So in my emails, I'm expecting people to see that for even when I don't know someone's pronouns, I go, Hey, how would you like to be addressed? Or my name's Jake. My pronouns are they, them. Can I know yours? And a lot of people get uncomfortable because they've never had to talk about pronouns before. Mm -hmm. Um, And my thing to them is start getting comfortable. Yeah. Or learn how to be uncomfortable at first so then you can become comfortable later right because it's not like we're in the 80s or even the 90s anymore where where we all had pronouns but it wasn't a thing it wasn't talked about or addressed whereas now early 2000s <laughs> yeah right early 2000s exactly now it's 2022 and it's time to get with the times i mean a lot of people might be uncomfortable with it but it really it really isn't nothing to be ashamed about i mean if if you if you are a male then just say him he him it's, it takes right. five seconds to answer the question. And, you know, and then we have a, 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 a very comfortable understanding about each other. And we can actually have a, a reasonable conversation without people now getting offended because you're continuously using wrong pronouns. Right. And for me, like, I, I'm not a person that easily gets offended. Typically, yeah. typically what I like to tell people is like, um, you're probably not the first person that used the wrong pronouns for me mm-hmm. today. Right. So like you're probably the 10th or 20th person. Right. So that means I've had encounters of 10 to 20 people who've used the wrong pronouns. Right. Whereas other people like I'm they get up, they get worried that they offend me and they're just one person. So a lot of the times when people do get offended or even I don't want to say offended, but like upset that people aren't respecting them the way they should be. It's probably because you're not the first person. You're probably like the 20th person and it's a Friday, which means they've had Sunday through Friday to also deal with this now, or if we look at it week, so now it's a long week or even a month or a year, right? Like before I, because a lot of times I won't correct someone because I don't have the energy. I don't have that kind of energy or time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when that time comes, it really is like, you know what? My partners are dating up. And now, unfortunately, that one person is now like, oh, you know, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. Right. And it's just like, it's not really this one person. It's everyone who has come before this one person. Right. Like you finally get, like for me and my experiences, I finally have got to the point. I'm like, I just need to correct you because <laughs> this, is right. ha- this has happened far too long. Yeah, absolutely. And it would be one thing like, you know, if it's random people, which is tiring enough, but then you have like people that actually know you personally. And it's like, right. you should know my pronouns by now. Right. Like, right. Wh- why are you making this mistake? You know me as a person. Like, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I know I've known you for I don't know, God, how long has been like eight years now or so, yeah. at least. And like, I wouldn't make that mistake because I've known you. And like when when people do know somebody and they make that mistake, it's like this gets very tiresome. And now you have people that don't even know you that are saying it. And then it, it just builds up and up and yeah. up. 
Absolutely. And I think that's the reality for me that a lot of people don't understand because they're like, I didn't mean to offend you. I was like, you didn't. But the hundred people that came before you have done what you did. So now it's on. I'm not, because the thing is, I don't, it, to me, I don't like the term saying like, I'm offended by this. I'm not offended. I'm just not respected. Right. And I think there's a difference in understanding that. Like, yeah. there's the blatancy of someone offending me, right? Someone can go out of their way to be offensive towards me. That's one thing. Um, and then there's this understanding of just um, ignorance that yeah. comes to play. That for me, I don't, and it's not that I'm offended. It's, I want to be respected. I want to yeah. see, like, I, I don't, personally, I don't like this golden rule that's treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. Sorry, not everyone wants to be treated the way I want to be treated. Treat people the way they want to be treated. Absolutely. And I think that's what comes into play when pronouns happens is treat people yeah. the way they use the pronouns they want to use and stop making it about yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And it's one of those like do unto others that you would want them to do unto you type of things. Like it, it, you wouldn't want people to, you know, disrespect you. So why disrespect others? You know, it's, it's just it really is. It's really that simple. <laughs> it's just a a respect all around and i think if everybody respected everybody this world would be wouldn't be going to hell in a (laughs) handbasket i have a lot other things to worry about than my pronouns that's right i was like you know what like my how about we talk about like the 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 care i receive in medical offices right like are the relationships and culture i have to go when i have to go on a date with somebody or my professionalism when i walk in a room of Mm -hmm. a bunch of people since i work for a state association right like when i go to those type of things like that's what i worry about right (laughs) i know like pronouns yep or these damn gas prices Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Or am I I earning enough money? Right. Like, can I afford all of this, including travel? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. It it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. I know. Right. No, you look great. You look absolutely beautiful. Of course. Um, So there's there's um, obviously pronouns are a big part of, you know, the community and just in general. But also there's the whole other topic of gender identity so there are people that are that may be watching this right now that might kind of i guess for lack of a better word have an identity crisis they don't know what their gender is so what can you give them any advice on on i guess what their gender is how can they figure this out yeah so i will actually ironically because of the pandemic there has been a lot of Uh, questions towards people about like Mm -hmm. thinking about their gender due to isolation right so they only have their self to think about and when we start thinking about ourself gender gender is a self-identity it's not Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's one we can choose I'm saying it's built on the understanding of who we are Mm -hmm. um so I'll explain like for those who don't know like I'm getting my PhD in human sexuality education and my dissertation's all on a gender self-concept so how we build who we are related to our gender and everything and people have been doing it for centuries so it's not a new concept it's just how do we write about it or articulate it and in this instance when we think about I like how you use the word crises because in a sense it's an identity crisis at some level maybe not an extreme level always but it's one that we realize like I'm kind of questioning myself. I'm kind of questioning my gender and as a non-binary person who has gone through like wow, I'm, I'm not a man. Like right. they, I was born assigned male at birth, but I, I'm not. And here's right. why. Here's how I can express that and feel that and see mm-hmm. that. 
And for me, like the first thing I have to say is like, before anything else is you're valid. It does not matter. It does not matter if you are questioning yourself one day and the next day you're not questioning yourself. Or like mm-hmm. those thoughts are real. They're yours. And like, it's a hundred percent normal. Yeah. With that in mind is don't restrict yourself to the norms of others, which is harder to do because as individuals we're raised to be like, this is what a man is. This is what a woman is. You know, these colors go over here. These jobs go over here. You have to be on this side. You have to be on this side. Mm-hmm. And like, when we start deconstructing all of that, cause it is, a gender in itself is a, is a social construct, including even sex. So your biological sex is a social construct yeah. um, is rooted in this understanding of why are we like, for me as non-binary, like people like you put yourself in a box. I did. And I'm not afraid to admit that. Like, here's mm-hmm. what non-binary looks at for me. Here's what, before I was non-binary, the box was this small, but mm-hmm. being non-binary, my box is like huge. I have a huge box just to let you know. No. Um, so with that though, like the world, the way I fit into where I want to be is an understanding of who I am. And so you're valid, you know, seek help, Mm -hmm. like find that friend, find that parent, find that mentor, find that teacher, find that cousin, whoever it is to talk these things through Mm -hmm. and be real with them. Be very transparent. Like I always tell people before I speak to them, I was like, I'm not here to an answer. I just need to talk this out Mm -hmm. because when we say it out loud, it becomes real, becomes put in the universe. It's that thing. And that helps so much. It's a form of just understanding. Um, If that doesn't work, go to a professional, right? Like we do have people who are um, clinically trained in counseling and therapy who can help with this as well. Now they're much harder to find depending on where they are out in the world. Mm-hmm. I live in rural PA. We're not really going to find anyone without traveling <laughs> two hours to like Philadelphia or four hours out towards Pittsburgh. Like yeah. it's a long travel. Um, but that does, I mean, with the social media and the internet right now, like there are people we can find online and we can do a Zoom thing now. That is one thing that the pandemic was able to like access mm-hmm. where you find so go to the professional if those don't work. But then my la- my I guess my last tip, because there's a lot of tips I can give, is just be okay to have your emotions. Because for the longest time, I was angry. Like, I was angry as a person who was non-binary, finding out I was non-binary. Because I was like, everything makes sense to me now. And if I knew this before, my life would have been easier for me of how I developed, yeah. like, internally. My, my internal self-concept wouldn't have developed at 24 it would have Mm -hmm. developed when I was 12 and that could have helped me like more where I am today and I don't regret that it's just that was the reality then like I had to overcome Mm -hmm. that anger and now I'm like I'm me and I don't care what people say and I'm just gonna be here and like um like I get to wake up every day knowing I'm comfortable Mm -hmm. with who I am because I'm choosing that not because someone else chose that for me Right. Absolutely. And also for everybody watching this, it's okay that you say, oh, sorry. Been up since four <laughs> since 430. <laughs> um, so uh, like, it's okay for you to say, well, I'm biologically born a male or I'm biologically born a female. And you classify that as your gender, because if that's what you believe, what you who you believe you are is an actual is what you were born. That's okay. You don't have to go out of your way to find yourself being non-binary if you don't believe that's what you feel that, that you are, you know? 
Yeah. Um, it's funny that you bring that up. So one of my, my main part of my dissertation is understanding forms of masculinity. So I really mm-hmm. look at the male culture of a lot of different things. And one of the things I found in the research that I'm always reading or looking at is that like, and this is just one example. So it's just mm-hmm. a, an example. <laughs> so I'm just putting that out there. This is the, <laughs> the end all be all, but in this example, specifically for male genders, specifically cisgender mm-hmm. male. So a person like you, Scotty, mm-hmm. um, I will preferences that it's typically heterosexual men though, because there's a, we don't have to get into it, but there's a lot of understanding that sexuality and gender is connected mm-hmm. and really we just don't separate them enough, which right. is why we don't see them enough, but that's a different, that's a different <laughs> conversation. Um, but with it was, I found that men are one of the biggest populations that always feel restricted on this idea mm-hmm. of manhood, masculinity, like they have to yeah. be strong, independent individuals. But once they start realizing you're allowed to be soft, you're yeah. allowed to be feminine, you're allowed to cry, you're allowed to voice an opinion that's maybe not what other people say. You're allowed to do more than sports. You're allowed to do these other forms of masculinity. You're allowed to be the the follower and have a woman lead you, right? Mm-hmm. You're or anyone lead you really. You're able to to have these moments. And in the research, it's found those who embrace these other forms of not being restricted mm-hmm. by these social norms of what a man needs to be have found better satisfaction. Right. Absolutely. And look so at look at males can be cheerleaders. We have right. male cheerleaders, you know. Ma- and so, women can be doctors. Women can be, and they they better work because I I love them. yeah love yeah them. absolutely yeah yeah I love her anyway. Um, <laughs> but with your comment though, I kind of just think though, like it's true. Like a lot of people think like we do gender self discovery. Everyone does gender self discovery. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't say ever 90% of people will go look at it internally and be like, this is who I am. Right. And some people do it so easily. Right. Cause society is like, this is who you are. They're like, yes, that's who I am done. Then they spend yeah. the rest of life finding other things. Mm-hmm. Queer individuals or non-binary individuals are the ones that are like, no, no, that that's not me. And so now I have to spend my life figuring out that because it wasn't like said, this is who I could be. It was, mm-hmm. I wasn't given instructions and people like you were given it. No one's given instructions. Yes. No, people are given yep. instructions. People are like, this is what a man is. This is what a woman is. If you fit in the box, you're mm-hmm. done. And most people are like, I do great. I'm gonna walk this way. Now people like myself are like, I don't fit in that box. So like, now what do I do? Oh, there's no one here to help me. And I shouldn't say that because there are people now here to help us. People like me will help people mm-hmm. educate people. They're, you know, all those things that I said earlier. Yeah. But that's that's the truth. And so there is that reality. Everyone goes through gender self-discovery. Yep. Um, and we do, we do it throughout life. I'll say it's, it's not an end stage and then we're done. Yeah. We do it out the consistency of our life. It's a continuously from birth till death. Like yeah. you're constantly as a human being going, no, this is who I am. Yeah. Huh. So like a yeah. lot of the times we see people um, you know, who have menstrual cycles, you know, they go through them and then eventually like mm-hmm. they don't have menstrual cycles anymore. Like then they, you know, go through that uh, age period of like, did this, what, what kind of person does this make me? Am I less of the person I was or not? Or even people who have low testosterone and don't have high libido after a certain age, right? Then we sit, they sit there and go, am I, am I still the person I was? No, but does that make you less of a person? No, because you're no. still a valuable human being. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, just because, you know, 
and like you said, everybody goes through, you know, the what their ident what the gender identity is. Everybody goes through it. I mean, yeah, I'm CIS male. I believe I was born a man, and I am a man. Um, but I ha- I still thought to myself, is is this my real gender? Is this what I am? Is this do I personally believe? Am I happy with being a CIS male? You know, a cis male, and that's what I believe I am, and and yeah. that's okay. I'm and that's that's my that's what identify I identify as. I just know um, that non-cisgender people who do go through like this gender discovery do go through mm-hmm. things like the internal fear of being bullied and mocked and disowned mm-hmm. and mistreated and discriminated against. Like that's mm-hmm. the real truth for those who are not cisgender. Exactly, right? exactly. And I mean, I think we're actually going to be getting into that too. So like people that are bullied or um i know that was my question regarding the trans community um in in general but why don't we open that to you know not just trans but also you know cis you know like non-binary folks and other people that are of other gender identities um they are bullied they are mistreated mocked you know disowned um so what advice do you have for them uh, regarding two different things first of all um regarding trans folks knowing if they want to trans any advice on the process to transitioning and b the fear regarding the entire identity of somebody's gender um of them being bullied mocked so mistreated maybe not accepted like what do you have for people that are experiencing that hate any advice regarding that so in the first question specifically centering trans and non-binary individuals is that um you are trans and non-binary enough, right? So people think we have to transition to be more of the gender that we are, and you don't. Like, you, there's two different forms of transitioning. There's social and medical. So social is the one that I fall in line with the most. Like, I, my pronouns, right? How you address me, how I'm dressing, how I'm expressing myself, how I'm navigating the world on the social understanding. That was my transitioning from who I was to where I am now. But I didn't need to necessarily do that to be non-binary or trans. I'll just put that in that way. Same with medical. There's different um, forms of surgery, hormone treatment, therapy that people can do medically that can help uh, make them feel comfortable with who they are with their bodies. Um, I don't fall in line with that. But when I say don't fall in line, like that's just, I don't need that to feel my gender sort of say mm-hmm. for now, I guess. Um, but one of the things I tell people is like, you know, um, you, you, who you are in the transition you choose your trans, a person's transition typically is just, it's how you become more comfortable with who you are. And it's a personal decision and people shouldn't have to feel pressured to do it, to be trans enough or non-binary enough in the community, but also to prove to anyone who's not part of the community, right? Like you're doing it for you. You're doing it because this is, yeah. you're, you wake up in the morning and you're like, I can't do it. Like, I remember when I changed my pronouns mm-hmm. um, and I felt like I met a beautiful woman last year who never met me, who used my pronouns without meeting me because she found out what my pronouns were before meeting me and used them. And I'm like crying on her shoulder. Like I just <laughs> met her and like, she met me and out, like she went to one of my shows um, to my twins show down in Virginia. And like, She's like, oh, you're Jake. Yeah, you use they them pronouns and like starts talking and normalizing it right away. She's never met me before. And I. So this is somebody that doesn't even know you at all. And they already respect you more than probably 95% of other people. 
Right. And so she's like, <laughs> why are you crying? And I'm like, girl, I don't get this interaction. I have to go through this awkward stage and all these other things. And like that socialization in my own transitioning was recognized. Yeah. It was such a good thing. But for, for those who are in that stage, like it's not easy, but it's not, it's not impossible. Yeah. And there's so many trans non-binary folks who have beautiful stories of like, you know, this is who I am today. And so many people in my life are respecting me mm-hmm. and seeing me are like, I've, I have so many trans and non-binary individuals who I meet and maybe it's because of my journey. It makes it so much easier that they come out to me because I'll, in, I'll instantly correct <laughs> at, like, they tell me one to have like instantly done. Like they never have to tell me again to correct anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had so many friends go through surgery on that medical transitioning side. And for them seek support. So many of my friends go, thank you for being here. And the reason why is because there's a level of like, am I doing what's right for me or others? There's like that internal questioning and that's real. That internal question is real because they've lived a life for so long one way and now they're changing it to yeah. who they want to be. And sometimes like a lot of the questions, things I think people feel are selfishness because I know I felt that in my own so, uh, social transitioning is just like, I feel selfish and that feels weird to me. And it's like, I'm not selfish. I'm telling the world, this is who I am and I'm going to demand it. And if that's what selfishness looks like, then so be it. Then I will be the most selfish person in the world because I will always give back to the world. So, yeah. but to recognize me, that's not selfishness. That's um, Absolutely. What's the word called? selflessness. Selflessness. Thank you. you um, and so that's really the difference to learn that. So anyone yeah. going through that transitioning, please understand it's not, you're not being selfish. You're being selfless. You're, you're, you're. Right. And make sure you are doing it for yourself because you are, if you do the medically, the, you know, the medical treatments, then you're actually doing stuff to your body. So make sure it's something you really believe in and really, you really feel is what you mm-hmm. want. And I've always, so personally, I've never met anyone who has gone through a medical thing and has regretted it. I will put that out there. More people have thought about it for years. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. um, and it's not an easy process. Like you have, like everyone that goes through certain processes, they takes a lot of time and energy. That's the Mm -hmm. truth. And so a lot of the times they have to constantly rethink about things. So there is that Mm -hmm. reality to it as well. On your second question though. Yes. On like how to address like fearness and bullying and if you're being bullied or mocked, like A, if you're a youth person, tell someone immediately, tell them, tell people, do not let, do not let people get away with it. And I always stress that because I'm like, if, if people are going to make you feel bad for calling them out on their uh, discriminatory actions, like that's on them, that's on anyone. Mm-hmm. Because we want, I, I'm okay making someone feel uncomfortable because of their ignorance. Like, mm-hmm. like one of the memes I saw going around for this month is like, I hope I make all the homophobes uncomfortable this month. I hope you have an uncomfortable month, right? Like unapologetically. And it's, it's literally for the simple fact of like, I'm going to exist. And if you're uncomfortable because of unconscious or prejudiced biases towards me, that's mm-hmm. on you. Yeah. That's on me. And so, but for youth, they don't always have that mindset because they're youth. They're, they're, you know, they might not have as safe as home to go to or friend yeah. like I'm secure in my privilege of where I live and mm-hmm. how I got here and my education that I'm like no nah, I'm, I'm okay whereas other people don't have that luxury sometimes mm-hmm. and I think that's the reality of like making sure you have a safe group of friends group of people like queer people we have chosen family that's mm-hmm. what it is my chosen I have a strong chosen family that like I will go to them everything and mm-hmm. like 
if we have to, like, I hate to say this, if we have to throw hands, we're going to throw hands as a family. Like, it's not just, you know, it's just one person. And this is in my experience, but also I don't like violence. I don't like physical violence. I'm also a person like, if I have to avoid this person, I'm like, I'm going to avoid them. Yeah. I, that means I don't need you in my life. If I have to stop talking to someone, I'm stopping talking to them and I'm going to move yeah. on with my life. You know, there are those other realities too. Yeah. And those aren't easy decisions either, but cutting people out of your life could be the most healing thing you do for yourself. I was going to say that if you, if, if you have people, I rather have two, maybe three really good close friends in my inner circle than have 50 friends that are going to talk bad about me behind my back, but be the best friends ever to my face. Like cut that toxicity right out of my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this month is Pride Month, as we mentioned. Um, so a lot of people are closeted. Um, and this is the month they use to come out because they kind of feel safe and they feel, you know, comfortable um, and they see stories about people coming out. But not always are the stories good. There are horror stories of people coming out and their family disowning them. So people that are afraid to come out and they are afraid that their family will disown them or say they know they'll disown them if they come out, whether it's based on religion, political, whatever. What do you recommend to these people that are struggling on? They this, they know they are gay or they know that they are bi, but they can't come out because they're, they know their family will disown them in heartbeat. So for me, well, actually, I actually um, go to the NEPARaverlines.org because I actually did content for them on an entire web page and stuff, handouts and stuff. Um, that's the NEPA RainbowLines.org. Um, but with, if you don't want to go to their thing for me, though, there's so many different ways. Like, be patient, right? Like, be patient with yourself. Give yourself time. Mm-hmm. Understand your environment. I actually have told youth. I, I'll never forget. I went to a conference and I was talking about communication strategies. And this this uh, 14-year-old um, kid can't, came up and it's just like, how do I come out to my parents? And the first thing I thought to them is, would you feel safe if you did? And that was a real conversation I had with this 14 year old kid. And he was like, I don't know if I would. And I literally was honest with him and said, I then I don't know if it's best that you come out, but here's what you could do. Maybe you don't come out to your family, right? Maybe you come out to that one friend you can really feel safe and trust. And that was the conversation that we had, even though they were like, I really want to come out to my parents. And I was like, you know, if you don't feel safe, then no. And safety isn't just physical violence, right? It's being homeless, right? So there is a huge rate of, um, there's about, I think, almost a 40% rate of LGBTQ youth who are homeless because they get kicked out of their house across the, yeah. state, uh, the United States, right? So that's that's facts. That's a real thing. And yeah. like with that comes a whole bunch of other things like food disparities and uh, other health disparities and so much for these people that like because they came out, which is not a good thing. And I'm over here like, I'm like, you know, it's 100% not good uh, for that. However, I also tell you like, Maybe it's not time for you to necessarily come out because the other reality to that is too, are you coming out for yourself or are you coming out for other people? And a lot of times people come out for other people because they want to address the elephant in the room, right? They want to address like, you know what? Stop. I'll just say my uncle, Uncle Pat. I'm an Uncle Pat. Stop (laughs) saying I'm going to have a girlfriend one day. I'm not going to have a girlfriend ever, right? Like, you know, that's the kind of thing. Or like, you know, or, you know, my, my own father was always like, you know, men don't cry. And I'm like, well, I do cry. And that shouldn't have to be related to both my gender or sexuality, right? Like I'm just a person that can cry and that's fine. 
And so coming out a lot of the times is I'm going to come out because I'm tired of these messages that people keep making assumptions towards me, towards keeps yep. making the assumptions that I'm someone else. Um, and like, we want to live our most authentic life. And I was like, you can live your most authentic life without telling someone else. Yeah. It's just by being you unapologetically. Like if I woke up mm-hmm. and never told the world and just decided to put my own dress on in the day and walk out, would I get looks? Absolutely. But would I need to come out? No, people would just assume. And I'm okay. I was okay with that. Actually, I don't have a coming out story. Mm-hmm. I don't have a direct coming out story where I was like, I sat down with my parents and told them, I just said, mom, dad, this is Chris. That's my partner. And the reality to that, I could have been easily kicked out or something, but my dad was just like, like a friend. And I'm like, if you want to see them as a friend, I see them as a, as a boyfriend. So I guess that's the same in your eyes then. And I was okay with those responses, right? Like I had, mm-hmm. I, I had to do a lot of self-reflection to be okay with potential rejection and those kind of things in the yeah. reality. But at the same time, I didn't have a formal discussion of like, I'm gay, here I am. Like that wasn't right. me. I was just like, I woke up, went to school, went to work, came home. And yep. that was that. And so for those who are looking to come out, ask yourself why, because if anyone's coming out because of that other person, then my question is, do you need, do you need that person? Right. Do you, do you need that person? And if you do, like, it's okay if you do a lot of people are like, yes, I do. I need this person. Okay. Then, then come out related. Cause then it's not really about that person. It's you're coming out to help build that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a stronger aspect to look at. Mm-hmm. And um, within those things, you know, safety is my first caution tale. Yeah. But the other things are be patient, um, you know, don't feel pressured, like do it on your time. I I was outed in several, like my workspaces, people just outed me and I was like, you didn't have the right to do that. Yeah. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I thought everyone knew. I was like, just because I'm feminine and expressive doesn't mean I told people who I am as a person outside of work. Right. Right. And in those spaces, they're like, well, what do you mean? I was like, I couldn't be fired. Yeah, I could I could be partially targeted by other coworkers. Yep, and you could, and just because every place is really supposed to be a equal opportunity employer, doesn't like they could fire you for being gay, and you could be told it's because of budgetary reasons. And how? And good luck proving that in court. Good luck, because the other, but the other thing is like, so I had a situation where there was a different person in a different department who would just constantly make weird homophobic comments to me and then when I said something about like oh I'm so sorry I didn't understand even though I'm like who, like where is my HR person where's my and like they would always get brushed under the rug right so like it was mm-hmm. never actually formally addressed in any situation yeah absolutely and if you're planning on coming out um Jake you probably I mean sorry Trixie you should I, I'm used to calling you you know <laughs> yeah but you know my um my coming out story and it's not really a coming out story because i was caught in the act with an now ex of mine um and i was and i didn't have a chance to come out to my folks yeah and and sometimes that happens so it didn't end well for me my parents didn't disown me because i was gay and i'm, I'm i was good with them after a couple months but they disowned me because i disrespected them by being in their house without their permission with another with the person i'm dating that they didn't have no clue about so make sure you also respect boundaries of your family and your friends as well because if you get caught in that situation it's not going to end well right right it, it won't because it's, it's, it, it goes back to what we were talking about before respect 
It really does. And respect is a two way street. It isn't just respecting people's gender identities or sexualities or pronouns. It's also right. respecting people's houses and people's feelings, because just because they don't they, if they don't approve of you being being, you know, gay or bi or trans, then don't throw it in their face and keep bringing it up every time. Just live your life and, you know, move on. Don't keep bringing it up for them so you can get them to accept you. You don't need them to accept you. You need to be happy with who you are. There's an understanding of seeking validation and acceptance yep. towards people. And one of the things is a lot of the times when I see that in queer individuals, I always tell them, I'm like, so when you wake, when you wake up in the morning, if you can't like validate or affirm or accept yourself, like mm-hmm. first, you know, then we'll seek it for others. And I'm not saying about val- like, you can seek validation. You can definitely have it. But if you know, if a person actually knows, like they'll never get it from this person, my best advice for them is that you don't need that person. Right. Right. That is really that simple because why have toxicity in your life? Like why have negativity in your life? Life is too short to be, but to be worrying about who accepts you and who doesn't live your best life. That's really what it is. Um, So Let's see. So if someone would like to we'll go into the drag topics now. So if someone would like to get their start into drag, like how can you how can they go about doing that? And do you have any advice into someone that would like to get the start into becoming a drag superstar such as yourself? Um, practice. <laughs> so like I don't it's it's funny. I'm actually currently working with a good duty of clients to write a book on um how to start drag on these very basic things. Because like people are like it's the makeup, it's the wardrobe, it's this is that. Yes, but like it's the full concept together, right? It's not just like one and then the other. Like I was not the prettiest. If you scroll back enough in my social media, you'll see that I was didn't have the nicest outfits. Again, if you scroll back in my social media, you'll see that. But I had to develop my concept, right? Like who am I? Why am I doing drag? Why did I want to do drag? Who am I in drag? Who do I want to become in drag? These are larger constructs that needed to come together. And for me, Trixie Valentine was someone I decided to create on intellectual understanding. And then she has transformed over the years because I practiced, right? Like I practiced my makeup. I practiced my wigs and stuff. I reached out to people. I was like, I love what you're doing in your craft and art. How do I, how can you help me? Yes. Yes, they do. No, not everyone says yes. Some people say no. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like that's fair. Right. So in getting, getting the support and going in the community, like you have to get, like, I'll never forget when I showed up to a venue watching a drag show, I wasn't in drag. I just wanted to meet other drag people who could help me. And I'm like, this is going to be so uncomfortable because I have social anxiety. So like, I'm walking in like, hi, my name's Jake. I'd like to get into drag. Can you help me? You know, like very awkward thing. And then they do, right. Like, and then like, here I am. Right. So like my my first drag show, my appearance is actually on YouTube. I won't actually say where to find it, but if you find it good for you. Um, <laughs> but like I remember, you know, I had other people help me get in track because the goal for me isn't necessarily um, when people are starting isn't necessarily to look like this. Right. Like I yeah. love very seasoned. I am seasoned. I'm a great performer. I'm a great host. I'm a great speaker. I'm a great leader, inspirational leader, so on and so forth. But that took time. Because a lot of people are like, I want to be you. Okay, that takes time. Yeah. Who are you today and how can we, what can we bring? And I have a perfect example. I have this beautiful new drag queen. Her name is Kitty DeVille. She's performed twice. I got to watch uh, watch her and give her the opportunity both times. And I just remember she was 
stressed. This is only a month ago. Like she was stressed her first time. And I said, I get why. And I'm like, have you ever, did you practice your song? Yeah. Yeah. Can you watch it? So I watched it. I watched your performance. Like nobody was in the room. It was just me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, here's, here are my tips for you. Know your words a little bit better and learn how to do this kind of performance. She's like, well, what about my look? I was like, do you feel comfortable in it? Yeah. Can you move in it? Yeah. Do you hurt at all? No. Sounds like a great outfit to me for your first time, because I would rather you be comfortable than feeling like you're in pain because not all outfits are comfortable. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, for your first few times, like you should be comfortable. With it. And then like, we all grow up from there, right? Like I want to, even if you're new, I'm not going to look you, make you look like trash for her. I was like, you're going for a punk rock person, leather jackets, platform boots, like in this mm-hmm. leather black skirt works perfectly for your aesthetic. If that's not the look you were going for, then, then I'm just going to be like, oh, we should change that. Um, so, but anyone that's starting, like find those people who's in your community. Um, mm-hmm. You might have to travel. You might have to reach someone out. I have so many youth that reach out to me on my Instagram. They're like, hey, can, could you give me advice? Yeah. What are you looking for? What kind of advice are you looking for? Right. For makeup. This is eight years of practicing and some people might be watching those still need some touch-ups. You're not wrong, but <laughs> I know for me, I look beautiful and stunning. And yeah, you, you would do so much better than I would be able to do. I, I suck at makeup. <laughs> well, for one of those things, it's just like, you know, I took, I took practice, right? Yeah. Like I sit down even when I didn't have a show and I'd start practicing right? because I was dedicated and like, I don't, sew. I, 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 learned that I can, but I hate sewing and doing hair. So I found people that can make outfits for me at a, you know, a rate and like, we'll make deals. Right. So this hair is my best Judy Ariana Adams. She did this hair. I didn't pay full price because I put her in my shows because we have connections and stuff like that. So we learned how to bargain and network and build rapport and stuff Absolutely. like this outfit. Um, I did pay full price for, but it's amazing. And the person I purchase from I've purchased several outfits from now and I can contact him and be like hey I'm looking for this and he's like I have it mm-hmm. right so like there are those different aspects to it that you know takes time you can't just yeah. walk in and so Kitty DeVille is a perfect example who's walked into my area of the Valentines and it's just like we admire you you've done so much for our community I want to be like you and I'm like I want when people tell me they want to be like me I go I want you to be you yeah. And I want you to be hyped about you because one day you'll be sitting in my standing or sitting in my spot yep. and you'll sit there and someone else will walk up to you and say, I want to be just like you. And you're going to think, no, yep. because you didn't get here because you were me. You got here because you were you. And that's yep. the biggest thing to drag. And then when we think about like RuPaul and other shows, like, um, it's not the same as like in-person and local drag. I'm a local mm-hmm. drag performer. I'm a local drag celebrity. And I would do put that. I'm on a lot of from what I've heard, I'm on a lot of TV and stuff up in my local Northeastern PA area, but um, it's not the same. Drag shows on TV are not the same as drag shows in person, and a lot of people don't understand that. And there's more than just drag shows. There's drag bingo. There's I just did a show at the Berg Theater. That show is different than a theater maybe at like my brunch where it's more of a bar setting. Like there's different mm-hmm. type of things that I encourage all people to see. Yeah, do. I'm not going to lie. I love Dragula. Because I'm, you know me, I'm a horror fan. Slasher Scotty. <laughs> I'm a horror fan. But one thing a lot of people need to know as well is that drag takes time, like you mentioned. Just like if you're going to school to be a lawyer, it's going to take time to learn how to be a lawyer. 
I'm a web developer. It, do you think I learned how to program overnight? No, it took time and practice to know how to do conditional statements and looping and, you know, all these different things. Um, being an actor, you know, it takes time to memorize your lines and uh, deliver it naturally. Like it, it, everything that you want to do in life, whether it's an occupation, whether it's art, whether it's anything is going to take time and it's not going to be something you're going to be able to do overnight. And if you think you are going to be able to be the next drag superstar overnight, then I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but it's not going to happen because it just doesn't, it really does take time and practice and patience. It do. It do take time. It takes that. Uh, it takes dedication. Yeah. Right. Like it takes dedication. It, it do take nerve, charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent, all yeah. of that. And, but it does take dedication. It takes time, right. practice, and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is a question I had debates about, and I was going back and forth with you a little bit earlier today about this question because I really didn't even know where to start with it. So I'm going to start off with the story that I saw on Twitter, where you know this per, this uh, drag queen, you know, dra- you know she she was I guess riding on a dick emoji at a gay, at a gay pride parade. And she was like saying we got lube to children. And unfortunately, that happens, you know, a lot, you know, in different areas. But there are also family friendly, you know, gay pride parades. And I think everybody should experience a gay pride parade, but not all of them are wholesome and not all of them are good for whether it's kids or for families or whatever. So do you have any advice on how people can kind of go to these gay pride parades and how, and like for people that I guess would say, well, that's a a bad representation of the gay community during a month that is seller, you know, that is trying to have equality and everything like that. How, what can you say to them? Like, how can you let them know that not everybody is like those one or two bad apples out of the whole bunch? So I think my first, I'll give you my first instinct answer, and then I'll give you the more educated type of response. Okay. My first one is just, that's not the pride for you, so go to a different one. Okay. That is the easiest thing I can tell someone <laughs> because not, not like one doesn't define all of them, all of them are yeah. different. I actually helped run uh, four different, uh, no, I lied, five, five different prides. <laughs> um, two of them, one I started my, uh, basically by myself. The other one I was the host for. Another one I am part of a group of six that's the originated, and then the other two I do, but Either way, I have five prides that I organize throughout the in every year um, right now, and so they're all different. And when people are like, are they family friendly? I do. And the thing I the thing I respond is, do you mean all ages? Like, can all all age can any age show up and be okay to come? Because that's really what people are asking. When people say they're family friendly. I go, well, whose family is it welcoming and whose family is not? Because not uh, most some families are comfortable with certain things and others are not and we shouldn't we shouldn't be the ones to say these families can come and these ones can't i don't like that kind of conversation if we're really going to think about family dynamics because when we think about family dynamics children are not the only family right you can have a married couple with a dog they're a family you can have a solo parent with an adult kid or young kids or uh, a grandmother, cousin, like they're a family, like family dynamics shouldn't be, I'm a, I have a divorced family household. Like, uh, you know, like my family should be here based off of like, depending on how we see things. So that's my first response is, are we talking about family dynamics of saying we're family friendly or are we saying right. all ages welcomed? And that's a lot of the language I encourage 
pride promoters and people who organize prides, if you're going to make your pride related to all ages, say that all ages are, look at what, what does that mean when you say all ages? For me, when I say all ages, it means there's not going to be nudity, right? Like mm-hmm. we're going to have things covered. We're going to have things PG-13, right? And that's right. for me all Kind ages. of slap it with an age, like an age restriction. If you plan on nudity right. or you plan right. on, on that like, type of stuff, yeah. So for me, I know parents are like, we're still going to New York Pride, even though we see all these other things happen, right? And like, but like the reality is they know. That's the mm-hmm. thing. Like it's the parents' choice, right? Like it's yeah. like this is going to be at our pride. You could still come if that's how your family would like to come and you're okay with your children seeing mm-hmm. this. That's fine too. But if you're not okay with it, then at least you know like this isn't the pride you should be going to. Yeah. Very good and point. so but with that, I, I do encourage people to understand where pride comes from, because in modern times, we're saying that it's supposed to be for the youth. And that's one of our biggest things here in rural PA and the prides that I do with youth. However, pride was not started for the youth. And that's the reality. Pride was started for queer individuals who are adults who were like, I'm tired and sick of these rules and regulations. Like, and when I, when I talk about some of these things that are exposure, right, we're like, there's these people in their underwear flaunting around, right? There are people in leather going around. There are people in pup masks and on leashes. And the only thing I have to say was, good, they should be there. They're part of the pioneers who helped create the pride we have today. And I think that's one of the hard parts people don't understand is we don't get to pick and choose what part of LGBT queer culture we get to celebrate. Because pride is about selling all of queer folks in all of our history. And people in the leather community and other communities related to kink, people are like, oh, that's sexualized. Kids can't see that. And I'm like, so then don't bring your kids to it. But those people are going because they have constantly throughout, not just their life historically, been pushed down saying you can't be this way. You shouldn't. When the people who helped us explore sexuality as queer individuals are these communities. And a lot of people have found comfort in bringing and being able to be who they are with this level of it's sexual expression is what it is that people are starting to get uncomfortable with. Or, and then when people talk about nudity, I'm just like, well, I, I don't get into the conversations of nudity because my understanding is the, the human body is not sexualized. Other people sexualize the human body. Yeah. And so we were born naked. It. Yeah. Right. We're born <laughs> naked. We're born yeah. naked in the rest of drag. Yeah. We're right. born naked. And who, we, who, how we look at that comes from social lenses. A lot of people get uncomfortable right. about that. I'm like, we could have a formal conversation on what makes you comfortable because I hear the other thing is I don't want to people like, I just don't want it forced upon me. Then don't go to the parade. Right. Then right. don't go. Like we will not miss you. I promise. Right. Like you're not missing out on anything. And if in a lot of the times I hear cisgender straight parents are the ones that are complaining, not necessarily queer folks. I do know queer folks who are like, I don't really want to go here because of this or it's not my thing. But guess what? We just don't go. Like I'm a per- right. I actually don't go to a lot of prides. I only go to prides because I help out and volunteer for them. Right. So That's how I am. Like I don't go to a lot right. of prides. There's not because I don't want to I don't uh, accept it. I'm part of the community. I just don't go because I'm not a big prayed person I that's just right. not who I am and that's I'm not into okay. socialization like that I'm over here like the pride I have is sitting around with like mm-hmm. five people at a dive bar and like having a good time at Kiki right whereas like these prides like like will I get my life and do I love being on top of a float 100 percent but right. if I have to go and like watch I'm only I'm literally probably going to see who's speaking because I want to hear a really good speech I'm watching the other entertainers because I like the drag performers mm-hmm. that's, that's about it like that's that's right. all I'm going for 
Absolutely. And it's really, it really is that simple. Like we've been saying that that's like been the theme of this episode. It's like, it's that simple. Respect it's people. Simple. Or it's that simple. Just don't go. Just don't Just go. Don't go. Just don't, don't go. go. Don't, don't go. Mind your business. And also the, I will like, I know we're getting close to time. My biggest thing is, and this is the, when I read this question, I thought about like how I would answer. And I'm just going to say it like this. If a straight person is telling queer people how to run their own events, mm-hmm. you are part of the problem. Yeah. Because these events did not happen to appease straight people or cisgender yeah. people or that kind of community. These events are happening because queer people we are existing and we're here to exist. Yeah. And that was the part of pride, which goes back to your original first question you ever asked me. So I'm going to challenge people. I'm like, who's telling us what we can and cannot do because we didn't create pride for you. We created it for us. Right. And I hate when people, especially the straight people that say, well, how come you have a month dedicated for pride? Why don't we have straight day, straight month or hetero month? It's like, you're not fighting for equality. You're not the one that is being bullied for being and being singled out. Right. Because when I walk outside, I have a high chance of being beat up, shot, murdered, Mm -hmm. harassed, followed, rejected from a job, mocked, made fun of, all because of my sexuality and gender. Yeah. Which is sad. That's not going to happen because someone's straight or cisgendered. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's really heartbreaking. And that is a perfect way to end this uh, interview. And we'll go, we'll, we'll go to that last question that I always ask. Do you have anything, events, appearances, projects, social media accounts, websites, or anything at all to promote to the listening and the viewing audience? Trixie Valentine. I am Trixie Valentine. That's spelled T-R-I-X-Y Valentine, like your favorite holiday, because I will be everyone's favorite holiday, um, <laughs> just in case you're looking through me on social media. Again, uh, go to juicywithjake.com. That is my mixed Kelly career education, since Trixie is part of my educational experience as a sex ed- queer inclusive sex educator in Northeastern Pennsylvania. But I do travel if you're looking for someone to speak. Um, and so with that as well, though, um, I have a lot of gigs coming up. I do perform fairly more in northeast, northeastern Pennsylvania, north central Pennsylvania. Um, I do go down to Virginia once more. I'm looking to go out towards like New Jersey, maybe New York, but like I have to get the right connections, um, even Delaware. Um, but, you know, I, I think my biggest project right now is, um, you know, continuously building myself. I've had great, I, my biggest projects right now is I'm pretty, I'm not just, performing but creating hosting and doing educational sessions at a lot of universities um, yeah. i've done penn state university juniana university um, i have a few in the fall that i have lined up susquehanna university like these are all universities who are looking to what to bring on the campus those are my big projects right now but um you know i have i have a few gigs i have, I have about three to four gigs a month nice. um so july i don't i think i have two but july was my month i need to rest after five oh, yeah. months so I was like, we're not doing a lot in July, but uh, since January till now, I've had about three to four, four to five gigs a month. Nice. And you can find me all through social media um, to find out. My biggest shout out though is coming up is uh, Divas Down Under in Harrisburg, which is a phenomenal show um, at the Comedy Zone in Harrisburg nice. that I'm excited for because I'm performing with so many queens and uh, performers that I absolutely adore and admire. 
Nice. That's awesome. And uh, I'm only an hour and a half from Harrisburg. So come, you can stop by and see me, you know? <laughs> well, I thank you so much, Trixie, uh, for taking the time to join me. It, um, it's really been an honor. I mean, this is the second time I had you on the show and I definitely will have you back next, uh, next June as well. Um, I mean, it's always a pleasure to have you. And obviously last year you were beautiful and this year you were just as if not even more beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I was inspired by Slasher Scotty because last year I went more pride theme, but I was like, no, your colors are black and red. And I was like, let's do that. Yes, we got this. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great rest of your uh, evening and I will have this posted uh, probably tomorrow morning sometime. Uh, I have to be up for 430, so I'm probably going to make a small dirty martini before I hit the sack. Sounds good. All right. You have a great rest of your night. All right. Bye.